0: Good
2: morning, Rutherford County. I have my two big buddies on this morning, Bobby and Larry Stewart and Janie. Uh, and uh, I was just wondering, Jan, how in the world do you keep them from fighting? It's, it's, it's one of the hardest things in the world that I've ever had to do in my life.
4: I gave up on that a long time ago. And, no, don't, and don't, don't use the word fight. There's what? What is? It. The, why do you
0: describe there's it? No,
4: it's word play. There's no. It's <laughs> wordplay. There's word no. no. <laughs> there's no fight to it. No. Uh-huh. No blows or exchanges. If she yeah. would
5: just mind me, there would be no problem. <laughs> but she cannot do that.
2: I tell you what, Jan does the best. I think she's one of the best banker I've ever met. Because I think she's had a history of managing people over the last, wh- however old she is right now. Yeah. Well, bless her heart. Um, uh, Bobby, yes. I'll start with you.
4: Okay. I well, wasn't
2: expecting you to be walking in this well, morning.
4: Well, you know, I, I, my pain level is real good. Yeah. I just want to thank everybody for all their prayers. This How has much been pain a long-
2: medicine you taking?
4: I had 20 pills, and I've still got 14 left. Wow. So, you know, only two days. Tell them what's
2: what's wrong with you.
4: Oh, well, last October, I had a multiple fracture on my right ankle, both sides. and I had surgery, and it always bothered me knowing that metal was in there. Yeah. But I didn't know you had an option. Of going back in and having them remove the metal. Mm -hmm. And mine got infected, and the incision on the outside burst open the last week in June and started oozing pus. Ooh. I know. They put me on antibiotics twice, two different times, and they were going to send me to a wound clinic. But I talked to Dr. West and I said, Just take the metal out. He said, The bone is healed, so we'll just take that metal out. And that, he, he left a message on my answering machine. He said it was infected. He cleaned all of that out, and so I go tomorrow and get the wrappings off of it and get the stitches taken out. I'm anxious to see what it looks like. So it's been a long ordeal. This happened last October the 12th.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So it's been almost a year that I've been hobbling.
2: Now you have been. You should have your doctor's diploma by now. <laughs> Because every time you go, you learn something,
4: Yes. how to
2: take care of it.
4: Well, you know, until I talked to our friend in Arkansas, he fell off a metal roof 20 years ago. Mm. And I I knew he had metal. Mm -hmm. And I said, Mike, do you feel it? He said, no, I don't even know that there's metal in my ankle. Mm. But he said, I had a friend that soon as hers healed, she told the doctor to take the metal out. And I said, I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. Unless you were having problems, you know. So anyway, Dr. West operated on me two weeks ago. Tomorrow, and took the metal out. He said it was infected. He cleaned all the pus out and everything. So now I'm hoping I'm on my final healing. And I appreciate everybody praying for me. It's been an ordeal.
2: You do have a lot of friends.
4: I do. I do.
2: And friends are. are are special. Uh, of course, your family Jan takes care of you. Yeah, but yeah. But uh, th- there's there's nothing like the friendships that you and Larry have had in Last Casses for all these years. Well, and, and and I've got uh I don't know who you go to the uh, pharmacist, but the one in Last Casses uh, I've got uh, candy.
4: Mm-hmm. Coming
2: uh, in the morning with Mo Brown, yeah, and that's going to be a trip. So I've got Last Catches back to back, which is <laughs> yeah. a great treat for me. There, Last Catch's Drugs is a special
5: place. Yes, it is. I've been going there ever since Rue closed, and their their family, uh, they know you now. I go through the drive-through, but used to when I'd go in, you know, Ashley and uh, Bonnie Bonnie Brewer's daughter, mm-hmm. and they just friendly folks, just like. Family, that's, that's
2: what you need to do. I, I Anybody that I have any type of business with at all, it's local. I don't deal with anything outside. Janny here takes care of all my banking, she and Ronnie, so I don't worry about anything. That's that's how she bought a new car. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> with the kickback that you get. Oh, Larry.
4: <laughs>
2: oh, my. So you've got a new car, a, a, a new boat, uh uh everything that she's got a donkey is paid for a donkey? Uh, a donkey. what what do you call it what's a what's a nickname for a donkey jackass <laughs> yeah okay Larry. <laughs> Larry.
4: <laughs> anyway yeah uh, Don and Hannah Witherspoon had an anniversary last week and tomorrow
1: yesterday
4: yesterday was Hannah's yesterday. birthday and tomorrow is linda tackett's today. birthday today is linda tackett's birthday i'll get it right He's a minute. day
2: behind so it's hannah's birthday yesterday. right
3: yesterday. yesterday
2: all right well, i i'm surprised i didn't know because i would have thought that mtsu would have closed all the doors and, they, and they celebrated had, they had a red
5: red flag day for her and don on their anniversary they uh-huh. didn't close anything because the Don and Hannah wouldn't have wanted it closed. Uh, now, they were in a mighty famous graduating class at middle t- MTSC then. The 19- was that
2: your class? Uh, yes, it certainly was. Oh, my goodness. That was uh, 1943? Uh, no, <laughs> it was right after the war. Uh-huh. Which war? <laughs> Civil War. Yeah. 1964. Uh, 1964. Yeah. That was a great basketball team that year. They were, they were decent. Because they of were. Kenneth Lanham, right? Well, Kenneth Lanham was part of it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Dan Midget was part of it. Ooh. And uh, I, I think of him him very very favorably, and we we missed him. We lost him a long time ago. Way too early. Yeah. Way too early. Yeah. Don, what a great kid. Uh, Dan Midget was a great guy. Yeah.
4: But we uh, also want to say hello to Ray and Carola Kemp. They've recently moved to Florida. Well, not recently. I guess the last two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he liked our page where Jan puts that we're on your show, yeah. and he may be listening. So we want to say hello, Ray and Carolla. Keep up your health, whatever you they do. They have
5: moved yeah. from one town in Florida to another one. Yeah. But, uh, he's, uh, uh, there's another one that was on that 64 team. Yeah. And uh, Mike Milhollow was on that team, and he's having – Mike's had a lot of health issues, uh, but and sometime yesterday or today or sometime he's having knee surgery, and the doctors told him it's he's really not strong enough. But Mel Hollins, like a rest of us, he's a little stubborn. So Sherry says he's gonna hack. Yeah, and uh, it's hard for you and I
2: to understand stubborn people.
5: Is it? it is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was thinking of stubborn, and then you said jackass, made me think of it. Uh, when we first moved to Murfreesboro, uh, most people don't know it, but I could be a little stubborn back in those days. And I, I got where I wasn't feeling right. And so I said, uh, she, uh, Bobby kept saying, go to the doctor. I said, no, all the old doctors have retired, the good ones. These young ones ain't no count. They ought to come, I'm sick, they ought to come to me. Yeah. Well, she found a young doctor that would make a house call. Mm-hmm. So he came to me. And he said, Larry, what's wrong with you? I said, well, you're the doctor. You tell me. And he said, well, where do you hurt? I said, well, you're the doctor. You tell me. So he turned to her and said, "Uh, would you get Dr. Morgan on the phone for me? I want to check with him on Larry's condition. Mm -hmm. And I said, Dr. Morgan, ain't he a veterinarian? He said, yeah. And I said, well, why would you want to talk to him? He said, well, as far as I know, he's the only man in Rutherford County that can just look at a jackass and tell what's wrong with you. So that ended my stubborn spell. (laughs)
4: <laughs> and uh,
5: Bless your uh, heart.
4: you know you knew it was a tale when he started of course
2: <laughs> and, oh i do want to mention sandra trail was came in uh, yes. sylvan park this morning yes and i had heard that she had um uh, had, had an accident and i was so surprised to see her come in she had her little uh, crutches with her or whatever you call that, those that things. walker the, the walker Rocker. yeah and she came in her assistant Marsha. And I was just totally shocked. But uh, sometimes we overplay when well, we're trying to explain when somebody's had an accident or what. Especially when you're in, in, in a, at a restaurant like we are and... and Everything is kind of just well, when they, informal.
4: When they say she broke both legs, yeah. you were expecting her to come in in a wheelchair. If I wasn't expecting her to come she, in I at don't all. Know, I, I know. I know. And she only had a walking boot on, but she had a rolling walker yeah. that she was pushing, and she looked good, and she said she felt fine. Yeah.
5: She must know very, Ronnie. Very nice lady. Very bright. She must know Ronnie Todd because she had a walker just exactly like every time Mamie gets hurt. Ronnie Todd to bring that rolling walker to her. We carried it back after the surgery, and then we had to, he had to bring it back after she had this surgery. So uh, we hope we're through with the
2: walker
4: part. We do, too. Yeah. I'm anxious to see what my leg looks like when they take the bandages off and the stitches out tomorrow. You've we'll had see. a time,
2: dear lady. You really Ooh, have. It's
4: been almost a year. But anyway, we want to say hello to Brad Lamb. Sarah Turner, I forgot to call her this morning. I hope she's listening. Mm -hmm. Mindy Fowler always listens. Stephanie Doss from Texas and our son from Texas. He always plays the podcast when he's grilling outside at night. Hey,
2: Jay. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's cooler down there
5: than it is. here. No, it's not.
4: not. Bless his heart.
2: And Mm. we'll tell him
5: we don't care what Joe Liggett says about his cooking. We think it's good. (laughs) And I can't tell you right now what Joe Liggett said about his cooking.
2: And, and, and J.D., our buddy, uh, J.D. Kennedy, is down in Texas right now. That's surprise. In Dallas, uh, which is not that far away from where Jay is down there. Your wife. And uh, he's, he's visiting his family there, and then he's going to go to uh, California and visit his brother there. So, and J.D. is one of our heroes, of course. He was, flew C-130s during the Vietnam War, and what a great guy he is. So, he's got I'm lot, glad he's having a good time.
4: He's got a lot of health problems, but I admire him for his strength and endurance to do yeah. to fly to well, Texas, fly to California, to see relatives, you know.
5: Yeah. What he he's, went through in Vietnam, this is, a, this is a cakewalk to that. But I just wondered, when you told me this morning, I just wondered if they'd ask J.D. to fly the plane all the way from Texas to California. I bet he could still do (laughs) it.
2: I guarantee you he could. The man, is he's remarkable. I mean, this community is full of so many outstanding people, and uh, what they've done for this country is amazing. And I think that's one reason why so many people are flocking here right now. And my hope is that we don't overgrow and lose our community spirit. That's 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 the only fear I've got. Because I, I'm hoping that the people come in here are bringing um,
4: the same the mindset. Same, yeah,
2: the yeah. the the community love yeah, and, and, thought, and love for this country.
4: I thought about that. A lot of people moving in. I, I don't want them to come in and try to change.
5: Yeah. Well, they probably will, but I don't spirit. think we'd stand for it. And people that don't remember as far back as you and I, they cannot imagine what Murfreesboro was like when you were a kid, or when I first came here in the. It early was the 60s.
2: golden years it of was. this country, and and living, growing up in Rutherford County, uh, I, we're all so blessed. Those of us that uh, had that blessing that yeah. was given I'm, us.
5: I'm real thankful that we didn't have any money when we moved here. Because our entertainment was go over to the Babe Ruth Park, sit down out there by the fence and watch Babe Ruth baseball or, or go down to the Little League Park. But it was always Babe Ruth. And if they wasn't playing, you went down to Grant and Rice and watched a, a softball game. And I heard you and Mike talking about that yesterday. And yeah. uh, our Sam Kerr yeah. uh, was probably the biggest recreation guy in town next to Ray Duffy. And I mean, well, he
2: was a whole lot bigger than Ray Duffy. He's a whole he's lot bigger. He's about three feet taller, and, and, and
5: <laughs> probably talked a little bit different than Ray Duffy did. But we lost Sam, and uh, Gary Eakes told me up at Woodbury Saturday night, and I, I, got to thinking when we played softball down in Grantland Rice, uh, Sam could hit it 14 miles, seems like, and there was if he there did. was no fence. Yeah. And then they put up them lights, and I was playing with uh, State Farm, I think. And I made the brag that Sam Curt never hit one over my head. I played left field, and that's where he always hit it. So i just back up behind him lights, and he'd hit it, and I'd catch him. But you remember when that carnival used to come in, set up up there on the I hill? remember
2: it very he well.
5: He hit one over my head that night, and it went on the midway. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to buy a, <laughs> <laughs> a ticket to get the ball back. That's how far <laughs> he hit it. So he did it. And then I made a decision. I moved to center field, and I wouldn't have to go back there and catch him. Sam, Somebody else could catch him when Sam hit him, but he could – he could. That, those were the good old days of, of slow pitch softball.
2: Did he? Did he ever buy your lunch or dinner? Are you kidding? <laughs> we are. You know who we're talking about, don't you? <laughs> I tell well, you I, what. Now,
5: <laughs> I would say that the two tightest people back in those days <laughs> was Sam Kerr and
2: Bart Fight. I, I, I think that would. Well, no. He he he's got Bart beat. He, well, he's yeah, but been, Bart he,
5: was a cloak. Yeah. Well, and then when Sam was moving and going to sell his house. Bart negotiated with him, and Bart said there was never any negotiation. Sam said what he wanted, and I gave it to him. And I kind of find that hard to believe, but I, I wouldn't
2: agree. That's accuse. stretching it a little yeah, bit.
5: Yeah, I'd say. I'd say so. I would say Bart tried to jew him down, but they, they were two, and both of them were great for the Recreation Department.
2: Now, Sam was, in, in, uh, uh, he became uh, a member of the Hall, Baseball Hall of Fame. Was it last term or the term before last? No, it's been about five or six years. See, we had
5: not had one in two years. Yeah. So it's been five or six, but uh, that was very deserving.
2: Yeah. Uh, And I know he... He has done so much for the recreation people here uh, around uh, in this community, especially with the uh, officials. Right. And then, uh, you know,
5: back in those days, the young youngsters... Ray Duffy would take care of them. Yeah, they could work, and so Sam started out there. And all, but a lot of people don't know. But Sam went into teaching, coach He coached at McFadden one year, and then he he missed recreation. So Mr. Duffy said to come on back, son. And then he ran that uh, uh, McFadden Community Center yeah. over there for a long time. And he Sam
2: had done everything and was and was good at it. Uh One thing, Norris Lovren would love to talk about Sam Kerr. Oh, sure. He he could tell more stories than anybody, especially when they would go on trips and Norris would would pay for the young ones to go and and, uh, watch games all across the country. Well, and then,
5: of course, Mr. Duffy would take them to Notre Dame
2: football. Yeah. And, then of course, uh, both of them would buy the meals for each person that was there. And uh, Sam would uh, basically... Come out richer when he would leave the restaurant than he that's, did when he was going in. That's, that's <laughs> entirely possible. Yeah. I love those stories. I don't do too. You? And and uh, Norris
5: Lovren was one of the best guys that I've ever known. Yeah. And he did more for the community and and especially baseball. Yeah. Uh, and back in those days, uh, you had characters that were managers. You had Norris Lovern, You had Hal Crockett. You had LDAG, uh, and, you, you know, and Gilbert, Gilbert Sharon. Sharon. Oh, you know, gosh, they, he they was were, great. They were, they were good for the kids. Yeah. You no know, telling how many gloves that they have bought or got AG to donate to those kids that couldn't afford to play.
2: You know, you never have gotten older, and I think that is because you stayed young, because of the young kids that you have dealt with I all your life.
5: Had the players eating breakfast with one this morning.
2: Yeah, uh, Doug Snead. Doug Snead and his sister. Yeah, and you realize that Doug and I are related. He told me
5: that he didn't tell that too much, so I didn't know it until I just,
2: he, he accidentally said it. Why do people not want to be associated with me? It's probably your brother. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I it's your brother. It's got to be Mike. Uh, The thing about it, though, Mike and I have the same attitude when it comes to um, how people should relate to things, including uh, what you've been involved in your whole life, and that's education. Education has really changed, Larry. It's gone crazy. You you cannot imagine
5: how good it was back in the 60s. Now, we didn't have a whole lot uh And but we made do. Uh, I remember at that old high school, uh, we stored stuff in the boiler room, mm-hmm. and it didn't have a lock on it. And at Halloween, and that's the last guess if I yeah, hadn't heard. At Halloween, the kids would steal our toilet paper out of the boiler room and roll the yard. So I went down and I asked for a lock. For the boiler room that's all I wanted and uh, Mr. B. Brandon was superintendent he said that's not in the budget I said Mr. Brand, it's just a dollar thirty nine he said I don't care it ain't in the budget did you get your toilet paper from Brown's store no we got it from the county but the point I'm trying to make is I wanted to lock the toilet paper up and uh, <laughs> anyway uh, Ernie Sullivan the ag teacher he went to army surplus and he mm-hmm. came back with a lock and, I mean, it's cost $1. thirty-nine, but
2: we could save the county hundreds of dollars. Yeah. But it wasn't in the budget. But we made do. Well, you know that I got my toilet paper free from Brown's store. Oh, you got it free from the sheriff's office where you got it. No, I got it from Brown's store because uh, one Halloween I got out of uh, my bed and went to uh, find my paper on the ground. And every one of my trees had toilet paper just completely rolled all over it. Uh And I got to thinking, who in the world would have done that to me? I'm I'm one of the nicest people in Rutherford County and never bothered anybody. And I started looking, and there was a a thing that said Brown uh, Store. I knew who it was after that.
5: You should have thought, what kid... Would have enough toilet paper to do this. Well, it was Mo Brown. Yeah, I mean that
2: was obvious. Evidently. Yeah.
5: Well, she would lay
2: it on to Ernie. Yeah. No, she had finally admitted. Oh, it. did she? Yeah. Bless her heart. She's going to be on tomorrow. That's what she said. With, with, with candy, struggle. and uh, that's going to be a good show.
5: Now, they're having a big deal out there in September. I've been seeing about it when not to go out there to get my medicine. So it, it's it'll be a good show if well, you'll listen to Sandy and Mo. And not talk so much. Are they,
4: are they having a block party? Is yeah, that what like it, that? it is? I think
2: that's what it is. Yeah. Do you know, uh, Jenny? It's a block party. I can't
4: remember the
2: date. Well, they'll be they'll be telling it tomorrow. But so. it's
4: been a while since we've had one out yeah. there. We went to the last one. It's been years ago so that I remember. Yeah. And so it'll be fun.
2: What draws everybody together in Last is that don't, uh, you don't see in a lot of other places?
4: Well, no, you see it in Kittrell, too, um, the the Kittrell reunion they have I, I, every year. They
2: were supposed to have the um, uh, ham breakfast, as far as I knew, and uh, Greg and I showed up. Nobody there this last Saturday.
4: Well, it could be because of the COVID scare, the you DV. talking about
2: Kittrell ham breakfast? Yeah. Okay.
4: I mean, everybody's scared again. Here we go again, you know.
2: Um, I can't, I can't go. I can't abide that. Fear I, is not. I really feel sorry for the people in
5: control with the school system, Bill Spurlock. Yeah. And the the city. Oh, right. he's
2: real yeah. busy right Man, now. Man,
5: I can't abide. I mean, there's you can't do anything right. And uh, and I, I, not only was I a teacher, but I was a parent, so I know both both sides. And uh, it's it's real difficult right now.
2: Well, it's not just the the virus and all that other stuff. It's what's coming down from Washington yeah. and uh, Nashville trying to tell you how to run your school system, and and with them controlling all the monies, it, it's you. very difficult right it's, now. It's,
5: I live in that sort of situation. You do the money part, yeah. Uh-huh. It's it's controlled by a higher up at
2: my house. I have noticed that I, most households have one or or maybe two uh, accounts in the bank. Uh, some people I've noticed lately have three accounts that are controlled in there. Well, it's two and one. Two and one. Yeah. She's got two and I got one. So two thirds of it is controlled by not you. You're correct. Yeah. Or more than that
5: because she even gets some of mine. Well you saw breakfast this morning. You saw what
2: happened. Yeah. You were you were pulling out all the money and yeah. paying for both sure. of you.
4: I contributed a dollar.
2: There you go. That's, <laughs> see every
4: little bit
2: helps. I'll I'll she want that back before we get home. <laughs> Tell me about that, um, Oh, the the guy's name that entertains in in Cannon County at their art center.
4: Jason Petty.
2: Jason Petty.
4: We went to see him, a one-man show Saturday night, and it was fantastic. He, through songs and uh, stories, he relives Hank Williams' life from birth until he died.
5: I'm sorry I missed that one. We've seen him before, and he had a band with him, a steel guitar player, which... If you think of Hank Williams' music, you think of uh, the the steel guitar. Yeah. And uh, and it was really good this time, and I guess maybe Pandey or whatever, but he was by himself and just his rhythm guitar. But uh, the stories he tells about how great a songwriter and entertainer Hank Williams was. Oh, yeah. People, See, he died when he was 29, so people don't realize that, but, uh, well, man, he was... He-
4: he told the story of that. He started learning the guitar at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Some black man that, and I can't remember his name. Tito. Tito taught him how to play the guitar when he was mm-hmm. like four, five, six, seven, eight. And his mom took him to bars at the age of thirteen. He started doing shows, and she would take him wherever him and whoever was accompanying him. Mm-hmm would want to go she would drive him. yeah and uh, so and then he died at 29 so
2: he hurt almost every day of his life yeah he did he did
4: well he had spinal bifida yeah and he had an operation when he was young and uh, Made it this worse. is the story that jason said the operation was botched yeah and he continuously hurt so with the drugs and the alcohol he was addicted to painkillers that didn't help the situation but i mean it kept him from hurting and uh so you know for 16 years is all we had him and all of the songs that he wrote yeah were fantastic and he could sit he said if it took him 30 minutes to write a song he threw it away because it wasn't going to be any good hmm And most of them were written under 20 minutes.
5: Yeah, that's unbelievable. It is. The old black dude told him, said, when you write a song, write about your experiences. Don't make something up. And uh, he told about some of the ideas. Like when he was 13 and he he would be coming back to Montgomery, Alabama, they had an airport and it had a light on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was always like kids are. He'd say, are we almost home, Mama? And one time she said, yeah, we're almost home. I can see the light. Aww. Guess what song he wrote? Yeah. I saw the light. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, he went to, when he was trying to get to Nashville, they thought uh, Fred Rose was the biggest you know publisher, him and Roy Acuff. They, mm-hmm. they thought that he might be stealing these songs. They were so good. So his wife, Miss Audrey, finally got him an appointment. With Fred Rose, and Fred Rose said, uh, "I don't know whether you're a legitimate songwriter or not. I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you an idea, and I'm gonna leave. And when I come back, I'm gonna see what you've done with it." He said, "Let's say you're walking down the street, and you see your old girlfriend with another man." He came back in about 30 minutes, and Hank was sitting there smoking, and he said, "Well, I see you hadn't done anything, Hank. So oh, I'm finished." And the song was, Today I Met You on the Street. And just, you know, just things like that, just yeah.
2: automatic with him. He was unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, and you think about uh, uh, the songs, how they stick with people. Uh, Bobby, uh, when uh, Dan Whittle and his wife and Jackie and myself went to uh, see the same entertainment that you had seen, uh Jackie was on her latest stage of Alzheimer's. And when he started singing, she sang every oh, word in those songs. It was unbelievable. And I was just sitting there with my mouth open. I couldn't believe it. And I was so happy because she was having a good time. Yeah,
4: well, we were sitting, my sister-in-law was sitting next joe frank joe frank jernigan mm-hmm. and he sang every song his wife kept elbowing him to keep him quiet but he sang every song right along with jason petty isn't
2: that and something?
4: and he asked us on a couple of songs to sing the chorus and get loud and help him and it was wonderful it was wonderful he's a good entertainer
3: and
2: he did you sing
4: of course did
2: larry sing I don't know. I, I tried not to clear the auditorium, so I kept my mouth <laughs> You're about like me. <laughs> yeah. I, could. I would empty the house. So but it's, anyway, it's, he
4: is a local. He's from Manchester. Mm-hmm. And so if you get the opportunity, look up online, jasonpetty.com, and it'll have a list of where he's going to appear. Well, you know, and maybe he travels close.
2: all across the country.
5: Oh yeah, he's he? been to yeah.
4: California and everywhere. He said so. Yeah,
5: the last time now, he his mannerisms are like Hank, because I'm sure he practices that. But and he was skinny, mm-hmm. but this time the pandemic, and he said, you know, I've been sitting around, and as you can tell, I'm not a skinny Hank Williams anymore. But uh, he's still. If you shut your eyes, if he just had Don Helms on the steel
2: guitar, you shut your eyes, you'd think old Hank was there. If you if you're gonna uh, copy somebody uh, that's been a great entertainer uh, and the name has just come from many many decades, I think he's my favorite. Uh, uh, um, I remember when he died. Oh, I do too. And and, and I said, goodness gracious, you know he's the man only 29, but we did not know the type of suffering that that man uh-huh. was going through at the when time. When the Manuel's opened a
5: store in Milton. Yeah, Abe Manuel played the fiddle with him, with him, and and yeah. Abe would come down there to pick up his grandkids at school. We'd sit and, out there and talk, and he could he could tell you some Hank Williams stories.
2: That was a great play. I'm yeah, sorry that, but but of course, uh, uh, it, it, it's open now. the The old store there in yeah. Milton and. And, but uh, I remember I do miss because we would sit out there at night long after the store had closed and they would entertain people right oh, there well, in the middle of the Do You remember area.
4: when the buses used to take seniors out there? There would be buses pulling up and unloading people for the show. Abe
5: told me and then Jason told me too. That when Hank died, the rumor got out that Hank would like for somebody to just bring him something to drink every once in a while. So of course. Yeah. They, people started setting beer cans and stuff on his grave. They'd go back the next morning and they'd be gone. And that went on for a, a pretty good while. And then they found out that the homeless population in Montgomery was one that was putting out the rumor, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which I imagine they probably were. You know, it's great to have those type of stories and all the different people that are involved in them, like, yeah. You you really have lived an interesting life, Larry. Um, it's, it's been attention. a kind of a you know a free run, you might say, except when Bobby got a hold of it. <laughs> uh, she she straightened my thinking up a little bit, and but my
5: mama was a big she sang in a quartet and, and she was a, of course all we had First back have heard about that oh yeah she
4: yeah
5: uh, four four women they called themselves the gospel folk. Uh, one of them, one of them, Miss Polly played piano, and they'd go everywhere, to churches and sing, you know. But she she loved listening to the music on the radio, and back then, country music, country and western, or hillbilly, was about all you had. So I grew up on that, and I've just always been interested, and
2: it still am. It's changed a lot, but it, WSM still, was the easiest to pick up for us here, and when I went as in the service, it was the only thing that yeah, I could pick mm-hmm. up. Yeah. we when we had an old. Uh, battery operated radio mm-hmm.
5: you know you set them close to the fireplace and get them warming and we wasn't allowed to listen to it during the day because on saturday night my mom and daddy was going to listen to the grand old opry until yeah. that battery went down or the fire went out and uh did so, they sit outside while they're listening oh no, we had to sit that? by the fireplace oh really yeah but if you if you had a car radio which we never had one you could we didn't you get up on a hill day. and you could pick up the grand old opry and uh sometime i have to get up on the hill pick up this station now but the grand old
2: opry just went everywhere i remember when we lived at readable we had our we take our battery operated radio and we weren't allowed to utilize it at all until the grand old opry yeah. started because they didn't want to ruin the battery that's right
5: that's right we were all did you know that readable had electricity before anybody else in in both yeah. county
2: yeah because of the the, the Reedy family, is. yeah, yeah, and they're still uh, Tom King Wood's wife, Rachel. Rachel. She's right at a hundred years. She old. She is. And
4: she
2: and she still, uh, she still get out on that mower mm-hmm. and uh, and ride, even though she can't see. She she's got it all just memorized. And, and I bet you she, she could still
5: make a curtain.
2: Oh gosh, uh, she she did the curtains for her. when we rebuilt the well built the jail out at 940 New Salem Highway uh, away from 400 West Main Street uh, she came out and did the curtains for us and they were just absolutely just gorgeous she yeah. knew how to do everything she was amazing her daughters kind of fell in her footsteps yeah. especially Jean and they were all gorgeous yeah mm-hmm. I used to spend the night with them uh, when I was a kid we was, uh, Tommy and I would swap. I was gonna say uh, you probably spent the night with Tommy yeah. and not Gene and <laughs> Mary. No, 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 no. I didn't do that. But uh, the the comic books and the baseball cards were the big thing back then, and yeah. we would swap uh, oh, yeah. during all that oh. time. It's a great greatest time in the world to grow well, up.
5: I I guess you saw where your idols rookie card, Mickey Mantle's rookie card sold for a record i out up in the millions last week. should have. Yes, well, I agree. I agree.
2: I think that he was the most uh, – the kids held him in a higher esteem than than any other player. But, you he, know, we held them all in that – because – Yeah, we love baseball. They
5: were all good. Yeah. Good guys played every day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you didn't hear of – you know, Mickey Mantle stayed hurt all the time. But you didn't know it because he went out there and played. You could see it when he was bleeding through his pants. Yeah, Yeah. and then there was a pitcher for the Phillies that did that, pitching and blood coming through his sock, but don't do that nowadays. Well,
2: it was just a special sport back then. I still believe, you know, I love the UT football games, as you know, and you get mad at me about it, but... There's something about baseball that still makes it America's game. Yeah. It's it really a different, different
5: game every time, depending yeah. on who's on that hump out there. And no other sport's that way. Well, Basketball's not that way. Football's not that way. It's just baseball.
2: Let's take a quick break. y'all. Let's do Okay. Let we'll out. be right back with you.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSradio.com. Congratulations!
3: You've retired. You might not be going into the office anymore. But you're finding that between the cleaning, the laundry, the lawn care, all of your home maintenance chores, you're still putting in a day's work every day. By moving to Adams Place Independent Living, the staff takes care of all that for you. Go to AdamsPlace.org to learn more or find us on Facebook, Adams Place.
5: It's a slick pig barbecue, spicy wings and Brunswick stew. Everything made fresh for you at the slick pig barbecue. There's lean smoked turkey and chicken too. Rips so tender, don't need to chew. Well, come on, folks, I'm telling you, it's a slick pig barbecue.
3: In 1920 East Maine, you're gonna love the pig. The slick pig barbecue. A Murfreesboro tradition.
0: Generation for Creation
2: presents the 20th anniversary Grandparents' Day celebration with talent and creative grandchildren,
3: grades K through 12, for visual and performing arts. Saturday, September 11th at 4 p.m. at Right Now Rehearsal Studio 1203 Park Avenue with longtime host Lynette Cole and a special tribute to Mary Glass. For reservations, log on to
2: www.gfskids.org or call 615 890 7116. Generation for Creation. It's all about the kids.
3: Heritage South Community Credit Union is giving back to our community. During August, we're donating $50 to the school or teacher of your choice when you are approved for a loan. Combined with our great loan specials, there's never been a better time to move your loan to Heritage South. Visit our website, heritagesouth.org, to learn more. Remember, at Heritage South, we help when others won't only on certain loan types. Restrictions apply.
0: Hello, this is
2: Greg Tidwell from Bell Jewelers in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Bell Jewelers has three gemologists on staff, so we're able to do any appraisal or gemstone identification in our store. Nothing has to be sent out. Your gemstones have increased in value and your insurance companies are wanting you to update your appraisals.
0: Bell Jewelers can do all of that for you in-house. Nothing is sent out. Come by and see us at Bell Jewelers at 821 Northwest Broad Street.
4: How are you feeling today?
3: More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may
4: be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension St.
3: Thomas, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas Hospitals are open 24 7. Get the care you need at getsthealthcare.com.
0: Now, an update from the WGNSradio.com News Center.
3: I'm Ron Jordan. Governor Bill Lee's request for a disaster declaration for the state is being approved by President Biden. The declaration makes federal funding available to help recovery in the counties that saw historic flooding over the weekend. Declaration covers Humphreys, Dixon, Hickman, and Houston counties. At least 18 people died in Saturday's flooding after more than 17 inches of rain fell on portions of Middle Tennessee. Some area football games have been canceled due to COVID-19. Thursday's game at Smyrna with Rockville has been canceled due to illness within the Bulldog program. As of right now, the game will not be made up. Additionally, Blackman's game at Gallatin has been canceled by the post-school, also due to COVID-19. The blaze are currently seeking an opponent. Cases of coronavirus are again increasing, and Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Foundation has decided to postpone wine around the square. Foundation Coordinator Haley McCracken said the decision was not an easy one, but it was the right thing to do to keep everyone safe. People visiting Murfreesboro City Schools will be required to wear masks and practice social distancing. The mask requirement is expected to last through Wednesday, September 29th. Information will be posted on the Murfreesboro City Schools website and sent out to parents. Tennessee Supreme Court Justice Roger A. Page has been elected as the Chief Justice for the state's highest court. Page chosen by his colleagues to lead the five-member panel. He succeeds Jeff Bivens, who has served as Chief Justice since September 2016. Governor Bill Haslam appointed Page to the state Supreme Court in that same year. Page is scheduled to be sworn in at the Madison County Criminal Justice Complex September 1st. The event will be live streamed. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. We at Fair
5: Construction offer a 24-hour emergency service. Whether your shingles are blown
3: off your roof, you have a tree on your roof, or if your whole house flooded, we offer a 24-hour emergency service. That's why it's important to shop local. They're your neighbors, and they take care of you. We're family here at
5: Fair Construction. We care about you.
3: This is Ron Hall with Fair Construction. Call 615-893-6120. That's Fair Construction Company. Michael DeLeon with Steered Straight Thrift Stores. It's a nonprofit thrift store. We take donations. Your donations, support, and purchases help educate youth on the choices and consequences of drugs, bullying, suicide, and other hard topics. Come into our thrift stores, 845 Middle Tennessee and 903 Mercury Boulevard. I'm telling you, you're gonna find treasures and you're gonna find great deals. So you're gonna help us save lives. Michael DeLeon, Steered Straight. You're supporting drug education in schools. I can't emphasize enough. It's more important than ever. Good weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the mid-90s, winds out of the northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight partly cloudy skies alone near 73. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vuichitski on News Radio WGNS. Currently it's 75.
0: FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Waverly, uh,
4: Centerville.
0: And welcome back with Bobby
2: and Larry Stewart. And uh, we have to talk a little bit about that flood. Because in all the years that I was in law enforcement and, and uh, all the, the bad things i had to see that is one of the worst i have ever seen is that flood uh in the waverly area and in the other small communities there and i was watching it yesterday and one of the things that really bothered me was one of the ladies in her 50s and of course that's not old for us but you, you think about having to deal with that kind of uh it, it, it's just almost like uh, a terrible movie that you just can't get out of your mind. Only this was the real thing. And the, she was taking a picture, a photo of what all was going on. And and then just in the blink of an eye, she was gone. Oh, no. it, it, those things are, uh, are unbelievable. And, and, of course, they need our prayers very much.
4: Well, it's hard to realize the force. Yeah. Of that much water. I I heard that it was 19 inches in one hour.
2: No, oh,
5: in one day. Oh, it set a state record for the most in a day. But yeah, we have uh, family in Waverly. All of them are okay. But uh, that was the the last thing that happened in Waverly that was nearly that bad was when that train exploded down there. You know, yeah. carrying gas or whatever. Yeah, uh, and all my We've got one cousin that still lives close to Waverly. Really well, two now, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's uh, you can't imagine. I mean, even little little creeks that just it come down, and it's just you before you know it. Yeah, you wonder, well, why didn't they get out? Well, they didn't have time.
2: Yeah, it was just almost like I was saying earlier. It's in a blink of an eye yeah. when those things happen. That guy that was holding his set of twins and two other kids. Mm. And then the twin slipped out of his arms. Now, mm-hmm. imagine having to deal with that. It's just, you well, know, it's almost impossible. Uh, only the good Lord can reach down and and help you get through those bad times. And uh, I, w- I I have seen so many things happen here by nature. You know, nature ha- can. It either be a great thing or or it can be a terrible thing. And we've seen so many uh, things happen. I remember we had a flood here, and I was trying to remember when. It seemed like it was in uh, before the 2000s hit. Uh, Actually, I was living over in Eventide, and we had a hard rain. I think it was 15 inches, and it flooded everything over there in, yeah. in our area. And you, you think about... Uh, you you need to be prepared for almost anything in this day and time. Well, back in the
5: '60s, and '70s, you know, you didn't have the weather alerts and cell no. phones and stuff. And so, when it would rain pretty hard at school, somebody, usually me, would go over to Guy James Bridge. And if the water was getting up over that, we went. We we called the buses real quick. Yeah. And uh, and it it would certainly get up over there. Uh, I, we had a new kid to register from Minnesota one day, I'll never forget, and then we were going to turn out early and I was out there loading the buses mm-hmm. and he, it was raining. He came by and he said, Mr. Stewart, y'all turn out of school for rain much around here? I said, well, if it gets up at Guy James, we have to turn out. Of course, he didn't have a clue what I was talking about, but uh, it 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 happened. And it used to get up over Cainesville Pike right there at Brown's store till they did some yeah. work on it. Because I've, I've been with Buddy Brown and he would uh, get in his truck, high-wheel truck, and drive out there and rescue people that had just driven off in that swamp and uh, flooded the cars out, and Buddy would go out there and get them.
2: You know, most people do not have flood insurance oh, yeah. for their property and things like that, and I have seen uh, times where we would put up barricades to stop people from driving oh, yeah. through water that looked like oh, yeah. it really wasn't that deep, and they would actually tried to go, while we would have officers there, they would try to go around the barricades and then all of a sudden, there you go. Yep. you got to get them back out of the water. No judgment. And, no. And uh, uh, the one lane bridge over there uh, uh, near the community care center, uh, I have seen it get up. Yeah. And, and if you were foolish enough, and of course we would put up barricades there, if you were foolish enough to try to go across it, you were gone. Uh-huh. Well, and people were. You know, yeah. And seeing other people turn around, but then they say, oh, I can make it. Yeah. Well, sometimes you don't. Did you see the guy had his own helicopter, and he was flying yeah. in there and yeah. rescuing people? Yeah. That was amazing. It was. And then you got the guy that had the little... What what's that little thing that you can fly across the water and yeah. some kind of little? You know, the first person I
5: thought of when I heard this, uh-uh. Mike Lawrence.
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah, yes, because
5: you know, before Mike lost his sight, he 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 rescued a lot of
2: people. He rescued a whole family one time, and I think uh, a, a mother and three or four kids. Yeah, and he swam out and rescued them and got them back on shore. It, it uh, there one. The good thing about these it brings out the best of a lot of it people. Does. Because they they don't at want time. to see people suffering and they'll go out and rescue them at their own uh, peril. apparel. Uh, one of my students is ahead of the all that
5: stuff now in Rutherford County. They went when the plane crashed, Percy Priest, he yeah. was the first one down there and you know all that. And they they do a great job. Don't get near enough credit.
2: No. Well, is there anything going on with you that we need to know about? Well, uh, I don't know that you need to know it, but uh,
5: my brother died Monday morning. Yes. He's, he's had some health issues, been in and out of hospital and nursing homes and diabetes-related. Yeah. And uh, we don't have any arrangements yet, but he's uh, he finally, I guess, his, his body gave out. He I was say.
2: just a little bit older than you, 19 right? 19 months. Wow. 19
5: months. He he was a year ahead of me in school because I wasn't supposed to start, but my daddy got tired of taking me to field with him, and he told mama, said, you take him to school with you. He yeah. ain't on up, but make him so anyway. That made me in Kentucky, when you got to high school, you had to buy your own books. Well, my mom and daddy didn't have that many much funds. so even I, She was a teacher, though. Uh, that's right. I think she made about $40 a month. But I had to take what my brother had taken the year before, so I didn't have to buy any books. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of rough on me because he liked to take algebra and and biology and stuff like that. All I wanted to take was agriculture. But I had to because we couldn't afford to buy no books. For me,
2: he always got them. I can't see you uh, enjoying agriculture more than the other educational processes because— you you were you had a broad range of the things that you would teach while you were at Las Casas, That was before after, you became a principal. That was after I
5: had got out of the, the schooling myself. And, and I, I always figured whatever was left, I'd teach, And I thought, you know, I don't know much about this, but I should be able to stay ahead of the a freshman. And a lot of times I studied more than the students did and uh, And I just would not accept a teacher saying, "I don't think I'm capable of teaching that because if you're if you've got a college degree and you can't stay ahead of freshman sophomore, then you ain't working at it but uh, it was in high school uh I was sort of like probably you and a lot of other folks. I sloughed off every chance I got all the time for uh-huh. Me. uh-huh uh this just let me get I back. was bored with school. I don't know why. Well, they usually say real brilliant kids get bored. Huh. But that's not the case. No. Now, I got bored because I didn't know how to do it a lot of times. But yeah. uh, the principal and my daddy
2: made me get a little bit more interested in school, and yeah. uh, I'm glad they did. But you had a plus on most other kids because of your mom because she, she had a one-room schoolhouse. I can't even imagine that. It 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 would be impossible in today's yeah. world. One of these days, I'll bring that book. Uh, my fr-
5: buddy and I, Jimmy Stevens, we we found out that they somebody had published a book of all the one-room schoolhouses in Hick County, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So we got one. He's got one, and I've looked at it. My mama taught in four or five one-room schoolhouses and one two-room before she got to the to the big school out on the road. Yeah. But uh, it it was it was a blessing. To me, to get to go to one just one year, but uh, I found out, and I use a lot of that stuff that my mama did when I was teaching. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't care how many you may have one grade, but you got a lot of different learning levels in that one grade. Sort of like she had in the eight, all eight grades, mm-hmm. and it helped me.
2: Now, how in the world did she keep up with everything, all the kids and? Uh, when, when you're, how, how old was your mom when she passed? 85. But she, she'd had Alzheimer's for 12 years. I can't even imagine the people that would turn out for her, the numbers. Well, they did. Yeah. In 19, what, 2002 or three?
5: Anyway, it was a, and my daddy too, because they were big in the community. Yeah. And uh, they, but mom, a lot of people, especially girls, We'll come up and say, Mr. Laverne was my teacher in the fifth grade after they closed down the old schoolhouse. Yeah. And then they'd say, well, your mama was my teacher in the third grade. She taught third and fifth. And uh, the little girl that we raised, I call her a sister that died about five years ago. She said, I had to have her twice. She had her in the third grade, and then and she went to the fourth grade to another teacher. And the fifth grade teacher retired, and the woman that they hired— didn't have a degree, and she said, I don't believe i teach fifth grade. So Mama said, well, I'll taste that, and you take third. So Kay had her again. Wow. Boy, it's and a, it's
2: a Mama different didn't time. Cut,
5: Mama didn't cut family no slack because she started out with, with the worst one.
2: Yeah. I can, that's why you turned out like you did.
5: Well, that plus the, the hickory sticks that my daddy had cut for special occasions.
2: Did you? I can't even imagine you getting by one day without getting a whipping. I didn't get by many days.
5: (laughs) But I tell you what, if you get it enough, you'll learn that, you know, maybe I better start
2: doing right. Dr. Spock caused more problems in this country than anybody that I know of. (laughs) A man who didn't know anything about raising kids, he, he determined that we should not be spanking our kids. And 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 people, just because you might have a degree in something, people just take that as gospel. The, oh the yeah. man oh, yeah. Dr. Spock said this, so let's change. That's that's problem with the world today is uh, a is. lot of educated people really don't know what the, the real world is all about. They
4: have no common sense.
2: No, no common I sense would, at all. I'd hate to think what would have happened.
5: If the Department of Human Services had been in effect back in 1951... They'd be trying to arrest everybody, moms well, and dads. They wouldn't, they, if they'd have come to my house, they would have found out who was in charge, and it wouldn't be them. I guarantee
2: you that, because my daddy was in charge, and you better not question it. Yeah, the government and everybody else tries to do things that affects everybody, like, you know, what's going on now... Uh, when uh, integration happened, you were at last Cases, and uh, uh, they were uh, pretty much investigating every school and see if they were following all the guidelines. Just trying to stir up uh, trouble. Yeah, and what people didn't realize, a lot of times, what they thought was helping everybody, but every, all the kids being together and everything else, it's just like, even in today's world, our friends are our friends. It doesn't matter, you right. know, where they come from or what an ethnic group or anything like that, but we always have special friends like that we want to be with. When lunchtime was coming and that's when you had some come in and they were kind of aggravated because following their rules wasn't happening while yeah. they were uh, looking at it. Well, we were a little different uh, because... The, the
5: black students and the white students had worked together out there on the farms. I yeah. Was, the town kids didn't have that benefit. So, yeah. and, and I would allow the kids to be kids as long as they could behave. Yeah. And one of those things that, that the black students wanted to do was to eat together at lunch where they could talk. Yeah. And if they had problems, then they'd go to one uh, that would come to me. Yeah. And uh, so we worked things out. We didn't need the people from Atlanta telling us how to run Las Casas. And so yeah. I told them that if they just get on back to Atlanta, me and this fella out right here run Las Cassis And uh, we never had any problems. And uh, some of our better students were from the black schools. And, and you know, they were, they were inferior to, to the other schools. But those kids learned because they wanted to, yeah. because their mom and daddy wanted them to. So, yeah. But the other people that had the problems wanted everybody to have them. Yeah. And we just refused to do it.
2: It would have been great if if the all the rural kids could tell the city kids, the big city kids like Atlanta, New York, and all that, how to get along. They because wouldn't. Y- you didn't have gangs or all those other things going on now, around in the, in the in our particular schools.
5: Now, when we consolidate schools in '72, mm-hmm. uh, the shoe was on the other foot. the The, the country boys. They didn't fit in at Oakland uh, until later on, and thanks to John Swalford and Gail Blair and Ernie Sullivan and Johnny House. So uh, they made sure that they got along, and uh, they played football together. And uh, a lot of the Las Casas kids could have been good football players, but they couldn't because they didn't have any way home from practice. They mm-hmm. had to ride the bus to school.
2: Yeah.
5: And, and I always kind of fell out with Oakland football but because they didn't make some kind of arrangements you know to accommodate some of these kids yeah. But but uh, it's you know you, you got you got to work with that with all of
2: them well you you grew up with everything and that's your leadership was was uh, undeniable as far as uh, how you were able to get the kids to be successful no matter what their particular uh, um specialties were during that time you let them live within that that particular uh blessing that they were given them
5: to be treated a whole lot like i was one we ate breakfast with this morning i'll tell this on old sneed because he 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 missed school one day and when he came in the next day i said where was you at yesterday sneed well he was scared he said mister i'm not gonna lie i went fishing I said, did you catch <laughs> any? He said, no. I said, well, then you'd been better off at of school. And that was it. <laughs> you no, know, you know, we got a caller
2: on the line. Who we got? I don't know. Let's find out. Right. Caller. Welcome aboard.
1: Good morning, guys. Good morning. I heard y'all talking about the flood over there in Waverly and down there. I got to oh, yeah. we talking about this the other day. My neighbor crossed over here. Um, I, I tell you, of course I've seen it too. Uh, I've worked some flood areas and stuff, but. The power of water is unbelievable. It is. And he was telling me this story. <laughs> it's probably 20, 25 years ago. That little creek, little bridge across as you go out of Laverne, mm-hmm. going over yeah. to Davidson County, yeah, uh, there's hardly ever any water in there, and there never was. And all that development over to the right, that Texas development, come in and developed all those houses, there wasn't anything there at this time. And him and his buddies, big outdoorsmen, big fishermen, so they used to go down on Friday and Saturdays they'd go back through those woods and all back in there on that creek and they'd catch minnows and they'd fish and they'd camp out back there. Nobody bothered them. But he said one Friday afternoon, he went back there. He said most of the time where they went, the water wasn't even knee deep. It would be between ankle deep and knee deep. And I don't know where, you know, this thing feeds from or, or where I'm sure you get a lot of it off the interstate, I guess, even back then. But... He said they, he was sitting there and one guy was in a wheelchair. One guy, one of his buddies had had a problem. He was in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. and there was a bank there. They could go up and maybe some rock bluff, six to eight foot tall. he said he heard something and it said he'd never been in a tornado or anything, but it sounded like something like that, a big roar. He said he waited two or three seconds more, five seconds. He told his buddies, he said, Hey, get out of here. Get out of here now. That's water. Hmm. He said they had time to barely climb that six to eight-foot bank. It's seconds. This is not even a minute. Within within a minute, the water was eight foot deep. Wow. And he said they got up on that bank, and within 30 minutes, it was all gone back to about knee-deep and clear as a bell.
5: That's that's when those creeks come. When those creeks come down like that, if you've never seen it, you've missed something. Yeah. Because you, you, when you hear it, you better get out. Yeah. It,
1: it's amazing. I was in a foreign country uh, several years ago up in some mountains, in a mountainous area. And we had gone out, which <laughs> is very primitive, <laughs> What we we're anything we were riding in. Most of it sometimes was horse and buggy and stuff. But this happened. And there was one place where water came out of the mountains in about three directions and there, it went from no water. I saw this, I saw it coming. It went from no water to the Mississippi river. Yeah. Just, and and again, in seconds, it happens in seconds. So water is powerful and I feel sorry for those people. It
5: is. And you better,
1: we got twin twin girls and man, I saw those pictures. It just like to kill me, you
5: know? Oh gosh. That, yeah,
1: uh, Larry, uh, i got a good story for you. I don't know you, if you know who this is or not, but I, I'm up here at Las Casas. You talk about the school bus drivers and Buddy going down out there on Canesville Pike. Yeah. Well, our school bus driver was a real old fellow lived over here on the Halls Hill Pike, and I guess they Mr. made Bob him quit driving. Mr. Mr. Bob, Mr. Bob They made him quit <laughs> or he retired or whatever. Well, yeah. this young fellow, you know who I'm talking about, took uh-huh. his bus it over. Uh-huh. And when we'd have these rains and these floods, when they get over to Guy James Bridge, he would have Tommy Taylor get down on the top step on the bus and stick his head out there and tell him <laughs> if he could make it across the bridge <laughs> or not. <laughs> Tommy <laughs> Taylor, well, he would have
5: been a good one for that job.
1: <laughs> yeah, every time my son sees him, he says, Oh, Tommy, says, I remember you standing on the top step. <laughs> oh, the yeah. We oh, yeah. Go across Guy James Bridge. <laughs> yep, yep. We, you know, had, we had that we had that flood, you know, the, back in the spring I guess. Yeah. That water over there, Joe Carr and I were over there, uh, that I guess later after it happened, a little bit later, it hadn't even started to go down. But that's the highest I'd ever seen that water over there.
5: Yeah, I've seen it when it started lapping at the bottom of that bridge, we'd start we'd start calling buses.
1: Well it was almost back to the where you go up the MTSU dairy farm.
5: Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: last this,
5: yeah. this year. It gets
1: up. Uh, <laughs> All right, fellas.
5: Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you for calling, Thank buddy. you for calling. Uh, oh, I was up in Kentucky with my buddy that is a big farmer, and they had a had a flood, and I saw something that I've never seen before in my life and probably won't ever see it again. I saw a catfish dead that had been hit by a car because the water was over the road and that catfish swam over, and it wasn't too, too, so deep that you couldn't navigate mm-hmm. somebody run over that catfish with a car what size catfish was it oh he was pretty good size and i would love to have caught one that big <laughs>
3: <laughs> what I difference think,
5: does it make
2: i just want to know <laughs> i think you done not run Mimi off oh yeah well she's in a hurry i guess we better uh I, I think that uh they're telling us to wrap up the show you think we better mind brian yeah yeah well, he let us go over a few minutes yeah. this morning. Well, that'd so be a
3: first if you did.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Brian. We Glad appreciate it. to see it. you on the job, Brian. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> All right, guys. We will see you in the morning at nine.